Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want. You dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. Rubbish. There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. It is not a game day. It is a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, October 1st. I'm Nick Roush, hanging out with Justin Buskin, Stutin, Tutin, Rootin, Dingus, Justin Kalen on Kentucky Roll Call right here Roll on Go. Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. No sports talker today. It's actually the 4th of October. That's what I said, didn't I? You said 1st. Just don't want to confuse people. My mouth. Uh, it's a little, <laughs> little dry. It's early. I got coffee breath. Really bad, really, really, really bad coffee breath. But yeah, it is early. We're waking you up this morning. Um, Justin, were you staying up late watching the football game last night? I watched until about early fourth quarter, maybe late third that's, quarter. That's good for a Monday night football. Yeah. Because that it, means you made it to probably about like 11 and you're like, eh, I can live with going to sleep. Well, and it wasn't a great game either. So I don't, I don't know why I stayed up as long as I did. Maybe because I just kept thinking the Rams were going to come back, but that never happened. The Rams did not win. No. Wow, big surprise. No. I actually had plans to have it on, at least in the background, um, but my son had other plans. He was he was being sweet about it. Like, he wanted me to, like, hold his hand and, like, lay there with him and bet. And it was, it was very out of character, but he just refused to sleep. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go to sleep. And so I went to bed at 930. Wow. And, yeah. That sounds incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was in a twin bed with a toddler. That's fine. Yeah, you know, still sleep. Did you stay there all night? I woke up at about midnight and went oh, back okay. to, to my bed. But he was in a very foul mood in the morning. Either way, we, we got him up and at him. So I, I miss all the game. So, Scoots, you're telling me I, I did not miss much? No, you didn't. You okay. didn't. And, and so I got a pretty crazy story for us. I know we don't talk about our fantasy teams, but I just want you to know how bad this is. Oh, I, I, you know what? People say they don't care about fantasy teams, but I love a good fantasy football bad beat. So I was up 18 points going into last night. I had the Rams defense. Old buddy had 49ers defense. I wake up this morning and I lost. I was up 18 points with only defenses left. Did you get negative points or something? I got .5. The 49ers defense got 19. Oh, (laughs) man. Yeah, pretty brutal. 
And I, got showed, a te- I knew it was going to happen because I got a text from the guy this morning. I, the first thing I saw was, you're going to be so mad. <laughs> and I checked it out. I was like, you well, got to be kidding. And now they show like win probabilities, right? So I bet your win probability going uh, I was, at, was like 90%. I was at 99 plus. Wow. I was at like 99.6 yesterday before the game. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> that, 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 crazy is a good word I hate, for it. I freaking hate fantasy football. I, I hate that I how much attention I'm paying to it now. Because um, I got into a league with some high school friends, so you know we're a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit more competitive, mm-hmm. and just yeah, it's a crapshoot too. It's just luck. A lot of dumb luck is. is involved. Um, man, the Rams could use some dumb luck. Maybe is do we think Liam Cohen's regretting going to the Rams? They're two and two. Only scored nine points. Yeah, I don't. Their offense last night was awful. It looked so anemic. I, I don't know why. The one thing I don't understand about the Rams is why they got Allen Robinson and just choose to not, not use him. Aren't throwing like it to what him. are we doing? Because you would think that. Um, I know they're still publicly courting uh, Odell Beckham. Yeah. You would think that he would Allen Robinson would be in kind of an Odell Beckham. Role, but maybe maybe just all the bad teams he played for ruined Allen Robinson. That's true. He did play for some bad teams. Which um, it was the Bears and then Jets. Uh, Jags. He started with the Jags. Jags, Bears, yeah. and then I don't know that he went anywhere else between. Okay, but, but yeah. yeah, it was. You're right about OBJ. They actually brought that up on the broadcast several times last night. Like, oh, they could use OBJ in their offense. Oh, they still got a locker for him. Like, okay, guys, OBJ's watching this game. He's hearing all this. But it's like, wh- why go to OBJ? I mean, I get he was a great locker room guy. That everybody loved him, his leadership. But it's like, you can put Allen Robinson in that role. And Allen Robinson's way younger. He can be your OBJ. He's only 29. Exactly. Yeah, and here's something that we can also say, too. Like, Odell Beckham is one of the most overrated receivers to ever yes. play football. I'll agree uh, with that. Without a doubt, he made one awesome catch, a catch that actually happens quite often now. Yeah. Now, granted, it was the the spot on the field makes it does make it incredible, right? Like he was kind of in the corner by the pylon. So, yes, but like the one handed over your head catch happens quite a bit now. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen three this year. People, like the one George Pickens had two weeks ago, that was better than OBJ's. Eh, I, I mean, I, I get why people are putting it in similar company, but like, he was more outstretched. It was farther, so it was a little bit harder velocity to catch it. I'm still giving the nod to OBJ, but I just think him doing that in a for a New York football team and having an awesome rookie year put him at a level that he never was actually at. His his production never met the expectations and the hype. Is he a good football player? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's but he's also a prima donna receiver, you know. Like you, you gotta wear kitty gloves around him, and he has to be in the perfect situation to succeed. You put him with Cleveland Browns, and like it only takes a year for it to all go to hell in a handbasket. It is interesting to think about his career without that catch. Like, yeah. where where does he end up if he doesn't make that catch? He's probably flames out after in New York after three four years. Did you know that? Um, I I don't know if I'd go that far because he was at least yeah. like a really that was a little far. I'm just I'm an OBJ hater. I always have. Okay, been. that's fine, and you can be. We can we can be OBJ haters on this show, but since he left, so do you remember the the boat picture? Mm-mm. So the Giants were in the playoffs and like they got a buy, and on that buy week. They went on like a boat cruise in Miami, and the picture got out. It was OBJ and you know a bunch of those guys, 
And since that moment, they had never been in, they had never been above 500, which is dating back to probably when he was 24 back in 2016. He was AP second team, uh, all, all, all pro second team. So, yeah, that six years of not being 500 until now. And now the Giants are 3 and 1, running Wildcat to win games. They're good. Saquon's healthy. They're. They're fun to watch. I mean, not really compared to some other teams in the league because Daniel Jones is just but so like they're horrible. They're three and one. Yeah, they, they're finding ways to win games. Yeah, uh, Brian Dable seems to be a good coach. That would be if when you look at I, I, the only downside is they might win so many games that they can't get Will Levis, and mm-hmm. I don't know what their draft capital is like. But that's the of all the teams that need a quarterback, there or the Colts are the only two places where you're like, okay, he could. He could be good there. Will Levis and the Colts. Ooh. Yeah, because they – have you heard the stat about Matt Ryan's fumbles? I haven't. I think – I want to say he has 10 through four games. So let's just – What? Yeah, he's on pace to uh, – the, the stat was he's on pace to have 38 fumbles this season, and the NFL record is 23. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Uh, yeah, nine fumbles in uh, four weeks. Which is just laughably funny. That would be 36. Yeah, 38. Jeez. Matt Ryan also pretty old. Is he? I mean, he came in the league. He was drafted the same year. I remember he was the quarterback taken above uh, Uncle Brian. Brian Brown. Really? He was the first pick uh, to the Falcons with like third overall. So he's 37. Fitzpatrick was that same class. He's retired. Um, So yeah, he's old. I did not realize he was 37. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you're getting old now, too. Scott. No kidding. Yeah. I'm about to have my Larry Bird year. Come on. Larry Bird jersey. Everybody, everybody pump, gets pumped about their Jordan year. I'm coming up on Larry Bird year. I, I was telling the guys at work yesterday, for the whole next year after my birthday, you have to call me Legend. <laughs> <laughs> Till I'm 34. My name is now Legend. Would you... Uh... My, my wife has a Larry Bird Celtics jersey. She, she wears uh, from time to time. Nice. It's a good, it's a good go-to. What, what date is this birthday, Scoots? Uh, the 15th. 15th, okay. So next Saturday. Okay. Oh, Saturday. That's fun. Getting, I'm going to call a midway football game on that day. Oh, have yeah. you called a midway football I game? I have yet? not, no. I need, to, I need to do some studying on sprint football. Well, the Bellarmine Knights are undefeated, buddy. I'll tell nice. you that. Yeah, 3-0 and um, for those who have not. Best football team in the city of Louisville. Best college football team in the city of Louisville. That's what we're saying, yeah. Yeah, three and zero. I would like to to go to one of their games because I know like all the coaches are friends. Um, they're all the salespeople. It's uh, the games seem to be exciting. It's just like it looks like you're watching a high school game though because they're all just little. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's all you you have to worry about, right? Is it's just you're just watching little guys play. Yeah, I mean that's I call high school, so I'm used to it. I think I think it would be a little bit more polished football though. Probably. Somewhere in between, like, Juco. If, if you all have never had the chance to watch a junior college football, I highly recommend it. And I'm not talking about, like, last chance you were just the highlights. Because it's just comedy. of The uh, errors and the mistakes. Like, it is the sloppiest football ever. But it makes it exciting. It's like watching the Detroit Lions, Scoots, right? Like, they're not <laughs> playing necessarily great football, but it's fun. Because they're scoring a lot of points and their mistakes are leading to other points uh, by the other team. Uh, Detroit Lions, highest scoring team in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, they've put up 38, 
38. They put up 38 45. points. Yeah, oh, yeah, 45. Yeah, that was, was this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah they, Detroit Lions. I just, at least. Um, it's Jared Goff. He's back. Yeah. Air Raid. <laughs> is that what they're, is that what they're calling Um Part of the reason I know the Detroit Lions offense is good is somehow their second running back is like my best fantasy football running back. And there was my fantasy football. Jamal today. Williams. Yeah, he just scores touchdowns. It's it's kind of nice. Um, Detroit Lions playing the Patriots this weekend. Bailey's happy. That's so talk about a high scoring game. Circle on that one yeah. right there. Yeah, that'll be uh, an electric factory. So um, I know we didn't talk much NFL yesterday, so we can go ahead and get it out of our system now without TJ uh, being here. How 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 bad's it going to get, Scoots? For us Pittsburgh Steelers, fans. oh, it's going to be a bad. Yeah, I mean, you you got a rookie quarterback. Any any team that's got a rookie quarterback, I don't know though. It, TJ Watt comes back. Mm, that, that, I mean, that turns come the back, whole though? defense around. Well, here in the next couple weeks, maybe next week. Okay, maybe that could change. The, so, schedule, the schedule's brutal coming mm-hmm, up though. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really tough. Um, and my thing too is a lot of. Um, since I used to root for the Bengals, a lot of being bad, you just want to be bad enough to get like a good player in the draft. I don't even know where the Steelers start. Oh, that doesn't happen with the Steelers. That's what I mean. <laughs> they it's like never been a good draft pick. So they're it, it, a bad season for Pittsburgh. They're in the middle of the pack still. But like I, I can still see a scenario where you're like, okay, well at least you're in line for a good draft pick, and then they go and win like five games at the end, and they don't get a good draft pick. Mm-hmm. So not looking good. I guess you just got to hope that T.J. Watt. Comes back. J.J. Watt. Holy crap. I saw that yesterday. They had to use a defibrillator on him on Wednesday, and he was playing on Sunday. That's crazy. Huh. This is last year, right? It's got to be with that. That's where, I mean, he's only 33. I know he has an injury history, but he's still good. Like, I mean, he's not what he was, right? But he's still a good football player. I just don't – AFib feels like something that there's like a predisposition that's out of your hands. Mm-hmm. You would think they would have caught it. But I, I I did not hear all the details. Was he at the football facility when it happened? Had to be, right? I didn't see that either, no. Because I would think that at least like the one positive about being in, active in the NFL – no, you can't say this about when they're retired. In fact, it's quite the opposite. They suck once you're retired. Um, and that's a huge criticism among former players is how bad they are and how much you got to fight to get any sort of medical coverage taken care of. Uh, but when you're active, you at least have all of the personnel, the equipment. You know, it's kind of um, – I, I, I doubt you read this story in Sports Illustrated about Walt Wells a couple of weeks back. But um, the Eastern Kentucky head coach, he, he had a Widowmaker. Heart attack. Probably shouldn't be with us right now. Um, he coached at UK for a couple years. Uh, it was quality control, and they almost hired him as the offensive line coach this year. And um, luckily, a trainer, his job was to fill up his Gatorade cooler fridge in the morning, and he came in, and uh, the coach was just out cold on the ground. And they had to use a defibrillator, but two weeks later, he was at the game. He wasn't coaching, but he was at the game. Um Crazy, crazy. Jeez. So, some of the, the there actually is that uh, I don't know, 
that positive part of things where you have all this training personnel. You've got uh, defibrillators all over the place. Like Scoots, I know we don't have a defib- an AED here, right? Like there, there's not an AED at this radio station. There's, there's a lot of things in this building. I would not be surprised if we ran across one. It's probably old school, too, and has, like, actual paddles, and it's not like the modern <laughs> ones. The modern AEDs, I didn't realize this, like, they actually, not only do that, can they resuscitate you, but they take, like, EKGs, and then will send it to the hospital to show, the like, how your heart's been responding, which is pretty crazy. That's crazy. Uh, that that's how advanced they've come. Um, but uh, to go back to Bellarmine, like, there was a kid who – um, like I, I worked for a law firm where they represented the kid and the basis of the lawsuit was like, they didn't have enough AEDs on site. Like you have to have X amount. And so they have a plethora of them, uh, kind of like at your house scoots, you should have a fire extinguisher in your kitchen in mm-hmm. case someone catches fire. Um, I've only had expired fire extinguishers Nice. and I just bought one. They're not cheap either. Have you ever had to use one? No. I think it would be fun. Oh, it was fun. I had to do it back in the day. Well, what we caught fire. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. This is the part of the story that we need to hear. <laughs> this for sure. Um, so we had a can of Coke. This I was probably 11 or 12 years old. Me and my buddy had a can of Coke in the freezer because we were just trying to get it cold so we could drink it. Mm-hmm. Well, we forgot about it. It froze. Yeah. So what do we do? You put it in the microwave? No. No. We did one more step first. For whatever reason, we thought we could get more heat. If we wrapped it in aluminum foil and, and put it then in the microwave? put it in the microwave, what? What an idiot! What? Yeah, so we had how, to oh, we oh, had oh, to break oh. out the fire extinguisher how, for that. How old was Scooter McDingus? That was probably like eleven or twelve, like I said. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I was I was young. Okay, okay like not right. no, not old enough to know any better that yeah, yeah the aluminum okay. foil would catch on fire. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare. My mom got home. Why does the house smell like fire? Well, mom, look in the microwave. Was it at least an old <laughs> microwave that it you was, ruined? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it ruined. I think we caught it quick enough that the microwave still worked, which is pretty cool. But Do we did have to break to out the fire extinguisher. extinguisher? Yep. Well, I guess because the foil, like it's not like just a can. Exactly. Because sometimes uh, I've had this with older microwaves where I, I feel like it, there's like a speck of something that gets in there and it'll start like zapping. You got to turn it off real mm-hmm. quick. But if you've got foil, that's that's fire. Yeah. That's just pure fire. Um, like one time when I was a kid, so um, before they had like the gorillas where you could put the the light like on top of the goal, right, mm-hmm. where things got a little bit more modern, that was more my middle school era. We had a, um, a floodlight, like um, one of those kind of bigger bulbs that you could stick in the ground. We used it for, you know, Christmas decorations or whatever, um, but we would also get it out to play basketball. And, uh, you know, summertime. And so one time, it's, it's late, we're playing, ball bounces into the, the light, shatters the light bulb. Like, oh, man, dang it, we don't have another one. I still want to play. The game's not over with. The lights on the house, they aren't really good enough to be able to see. And it's like, well, it still has the two little antenna thingies in the ball. Maybe, maybe the light will still work if I plug this back in. So we plug it in, and it just turns into a flamethrower. <laughs> like it just is like <laughs> fires everywhere. Uh, immediately unplugged it, and it it turned off. It stopped. But yeah, turns out that the glass that encases that antenna pretty important to uh, make that work. Make that work. So 
early lesson Scoots and I learned with fire. No kidding. You had to be the kid too that that did the axe can, right? The like what? The, the axe can with like the the lighters. Oh no, no. What? I mean, I was I was an idiot as a kid, but not I was never like reckless. I was more like trying to do backflips on my bicycle off of dirt piles that I've never did. Play with play. fire. Okay, yeah. so I was the reckless pirate. Yeah. I was a big fire guy. I was uh, big on like riding scooters down big hills without a break. Like that's oh, like that's the extent of <laughs> that's like yeah. the extent of my craziness. Yeah, we. we I, I was I was the fire guy um, because Axe body spray, a staple of a middle schooler's wardrobe in the mid two thousands, and that stuff. Psh- your mom tell you you shouldn't play with fire? You'll pee the bed? Never heard of that. Really? But also, you got to be good at just not letting mom know that you're playing with fire. Well, I mean, even like if I was at a bonfire, I'd like poke around in the fire or whatever. They would say, never, never play with fire, you'll pee the bed. Yeah. That's right up yeah. there with you can't eat or you can't swim until 30 minutes after you eat. Haven't burned the hair off my knuckles in a while. I'm too. <laughs> it's about that time of the year. You start playing with the fire. You're grabbing logs that are... On fire, maybe you shouldn't be grabbing that. Burn yourself a little. You do that sometimes with a grill, too. (laughs) Hey, so we were talking about uh, J.J. Watt. Did Mm -hmm. you hear about Carl Anthony Towns? I did. I did. Um, That's pretty sad, too. Couldn't walk for four days. Our guy Carl has, uh, has been through some stuff. He's been through some stuff. So his mother passed away tragically in that... He has not been shy about how much that tormented him. She had COVID-19. She passed away. It's pretty early on in the pandemic, right? Like the world was still shut down mm-hmm. uh, when all of that happened. Uh, he came back. And it, to be a guy who seemingly lives his life with so much joy, he was just he was like, I'm not, I haven't been the same person. It felt like he got some of that back towards the end of last year. It had been about a year since she passed. He played great on the one-year anniversary of her death. It was a big moment for him. The Timberwolves, they go and they win that playing game. It feels like he's kind of getting on the – like he, he got over the hump. Well, then this offseason he had a – what was quoted as a non-COVID-related illness. And do you, do you have the quotes in front of you, Scoots? I can pull them up real quick. Because I, I just saw a couple of the tweets. But like you said, he lost a ton of weight. 17 pounds. 17 pounds, yeah. which, and he's not like the, it's kind of a skinny guy too, you know? Couldn't walk for four days. What, what, do we, what do we think it was? They said it was a throat, some sort of throat infection. Is that mono? That's what they said. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't come out and say mono. Um, but basically he just said, I'm still recovering, still getting better. There was more drastic things to worry about than basketball during the illness because he hasn't played at all or practiced with the team. But he couldn't. He literally couldn't walk for four days. Man, like that's incredible. Yeah, and you know what? He doesn't have to really worry about it. I know the NBA season starts either the end of the. I think it's the end of this month. Um, but he he's got time to get back, get healthy. That just stinks. It's and like with anybody, it you have to get into playing shape, right? There's not a. Mark Stoops said this about Chris Rodriguez yesterday. You can run all the wind sprints you want. It it doesn't matter until you get in the thick of things. You start doing it. Like I can train to be in shape to go hike the Grand Canyon, but like until I get in that atmosphere, it's all it's a whole different ball game. So 
one of the things from that Towns article that really blew my mind, and I, I knew he was good last year, but I didn't know he was 41% on three-pointers good. That's incredible. He's the first seven-footer to finish the season over 40% three. That is yeah. incredible. He's uh, he's pretty pretty good. I, I, I don't know how good the T-Wolves will be this year. Or not. not. Um, you know what, though? You can't judge it off any of their preseason games because the Phoenix Suns, many think, might win the NBA Finals. They lost to uh, not a G League team. Australian team. They lost to an NBL team, the Adelaide 36ers. Which, I know, uh, NBA Twitter loves to make their jokes. Um, you know, there was somebody, like, they, they pulled up an old video of somebody burning their Chris Paul jersey. Um, so, like, you know, it was fun to laugh at. But those guys don't care. They're just trying to get in a playing shape, right? Yeah. This is what preseason's for. Especially NBA. They play a thousand games. The last time a overseas team beat an NBA team was in 2016. Real Madrid beat Oklahoma City. Luka Doncic was on that Real Madrid team. Ooh, so who do we... He only scored three points for what it's worth. We need to look up the 36ers roster. See if they've got any uh, studs. I don't, I don't think they had any any guys that stood out to me. Well, I know that that's... that. I mean, that league has produced some players. You know, like RJ Hampton was over there. Um, I don't think Ben Simmons played in it. But th- there's been some guys. There's been some guys come from there. Maybe one of the balls... Went there. Uh, the fact that I had to have somebody in NBA Twitter talking about Jello and Lamella reunited in Charlotte. Like, get get off my timeline with that. Nobody cares. While we're on NBA, Tyler Hero four year extension. I did that, that. That boom, good for him. Second contracts. That's where the real money's made. That's where the real money's made. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these players on that 36ers team. Mm. But give it about three, four years, maybe. Love that that's a thing elsewhere. Not just 49ers or 76ers. Yeah. yeah. This is fun to call them that. <laughs> Niners, Sixers. <laughs> just a lot of good, clean fun. We're going to have some good, clean family fun today. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502 414 Talked a lot of pro sports in that opening segment. We've got some Kentucky football news to get to. Get us some basketball news from over the weekend as well. And more. So, yeah, text on in, Thorns text on 502-414-1450. I'm Nick Roush. He's Justin Kalen. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. The truth came out. I just didn't know what to do. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Yeah, it goes away. Oh, Welcome back in. Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X. Roll Call. Sports Radio 96 and 1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker out today, so it's just Nick Roush and Justin Kalen. Rocking with you on a Taco Tuesday. Justin, what's your favorite taco to get at Salsarita? Gosh, do we have to do this? I'm starving. Uh, no. We um, have to. We've got to pay mean, the bills, buddy. If, if I'm eating a taco, I've got to have like a just a normal ground beef 
You okay? You don't I'm, get too I'm, fancy. Yeah, you got I'm extra. Not, I'm not a big chicken or steak taco guy. If I'm getting chicken or steak, I want it in a quesadilla or mm-hmm. a burrito. That's fair enough. Fair enough. The thing is, is you can get it whatever way you want it. It's also Rita's, right? It's true. Um, you can get it with the side of queso too that you can pour on top of that, or you can keep it clean. That's what's nice about the Salsaritas quesadilla is you can keep it clean and just dip it. Yeah. Right? And it's not going to fall apart everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's still pretty, pretty meaty, thick. It's not just some flimsy little cheesy, melty. No, no. This is the good stuff at Salsaritas. If you haven't been, what are you waiting on? Download the app, check out one of their two locations. They got one. Hubbard's Lane in St. Matthews, and they got one on Shelbyville Road in Middletown. It's got a drive-through, real convenient. Salsaritas, it's the fresh Mexican canteen. I've oh. yet to hear anybody go there and not like it. I've got to move on from <laughs> my mouth was starting to water. I was drooling over this stinky microphone. It's probably why it's stinky. We're going to blame Salsaritas for <laughs> it. So DJ just drools on it every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually did have tacos for lunch yesterday. Nice. Yeah. It's a good time. I had a giant cookie for lunch yesterday. Just a giant cookie? Yeah. Chocolate chip cookie. It was huge. You were just a bastion of healthy eating, Scoots. It's <laughs> all you do. Good, healthy eating. <laughs> good, healthy eating. Speaking of healthy, uh, yesterday, found out Kentucky, not very healthy. They're banged up. Oh, yeah. Banged up. Very banged up team right now. Um, very banged up. But... It was it, it was funny, Scoots. So Stoops is typically pretty um, close to the vest. He always says, you know, oh, I'm an open book. It's like, yeah, right. Come on, Mark. It's like if I know they're out, then I'll say they're out. Typically, that starts on the depth chart. Well, we get the depth chart before 15 minutes before he talks. Nothing changed. Absolutely same depth chart. This comes an hour after Ryan Lemon's like, yeah, you know, they think they're going to get J.J. Weaver back, which J.J. said as much last week on, like, a name, image, likeness Discord chat uh, with the, the Blue Chips. So if you're if you're interested in stuff like that, check out Blue Chips. It's a cool way to spend a little money, get to hang out with players, have chit-chats with them, uh, find out that J.J. Weaver's hoping to come back this week. So that was the good news. But Ryan did have some bad news. Said, you know, if Jeremy Flax pr- might have not just been a cramp in his hamstring, might have been a muscle tear, pull, something along those lines. Stoops did not uh, have any updates on Flax other than he said he felt really bad because Flax was playing so well. He's playing really physical when he got injured, starting to move some bodies around. So, you know, when you're dealing with hamstrings, Scoots, that's one of those things that maybe it responds well to treatment and you're playing that week. Maybe it, it doesn't, and then a month later you're still hoping that it gets healthy enough to play. Like mm-hmm. you just you just don't know. It's soft tissue, it's kind of a roll of the dice. Um, which means more tight end staying in a blocking on pass protection. Um, you also had uh Ryan wasn't sure about smoke. Um, we had no mention of that, but the one that was really worrisome was uh, Jacquez Jones because Jacquez Jones has been leading the team in tackles, had an awesome interception in that game against Ole Miss, and he had a foot-slash-ankle injury. I, I, I don't know exactly what it was. Ryan made it sound like, well, they're just kind of hoping he'll be able to come back before the year is over with, which would stink. They would be awful. Um, but... Stoops last night on the radio show, he said nothing at all on 
during the press conference, it's almost like he was rebutting, rebuffing Ryan right away. Uh, but Jacquez was still on the depth chart, and Stoops said on his call-in show that he's doubtful this week against South Carolina. But they're got, they've got to do more tests to see um, what can be done. You know, uh, I, I I know there was a scenario where Tua had a bad ankle injury, and they did like a shoestring procedure that speeding up the timeline on a ankle sprain, so it could be a high ankle sprain. Timeline's all over the place. But I think the long story short is that this team's banged up right now. Mm -hmm. Very banged up. They just played a very physical football game. And uh, it's a good thing they're playing South Carolina this week instead of Mississippi State. That's, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. you got. I'm sitting here, I got the schedule right in front of me. I don't know who placed it there, but it's awesome because anytime mm. I'm thinking about Kentucky schedule, no, it's on this poster that's rolled up. Oh, The side that's facing me is, is the, the Kentucky is the schedule. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm sitting there looking at it, and it, yeah, that's, that's the one good thing is you have South Carolina coming in. Hopefully you can get – you got two weeks to get those guys healthy. Uh, at least Jacquez, get him back for that Mississippi State game. Yeah, and I am more of on the side of – I have a feeling a lot of these guys, it might just be come back for the Tennessee game after the bye. So that gives them three weeks to get healthy. Still, they're banged up right now. Uh, and, and that was the kind of – I get the sense, and, and I talked about it a little bit with Freddie Maggard last time on the KSR football podcast. Um, the hits, they're starting to wear on Will Levis. And Stoops is like, you know, it's its its not just Will. Everybody right now is feeling it. They're feeling, they've played two top 25 SEC teams on the road. Uh, there's there's some wear and tear in there, right? Like, there, there just is. And I think in Levis, Freddie said whenever he was starting to feel the heat, you would just want to quicken things up. And I think you can see that sometimes when Levis is in the pocket and it's been a while, and he's used to that pressure getting to him, and he's trying to get rid of the ball quickly. And maybe that's why he snapped the ball a half-second too quick against Dane Key, right? Like, they're not against Dane Key, but on that final go-ahead touchdown, he saw he, he liked what he saw. He was ready to get it out and get going. Oh, man. say anything about His finger? Yeah, finger. There we go. Yeah, his finger will be fine. Okay. Uh, Stoop said it doesn't require were they, surgery. Were they able to anything. pop it back in place on the sideline? Yep, yep, okay. and tape it back up. Gotcha. So, yeah, I knew. I saw they taped it. But. Stoops was like, yeah, your finger ever done that? Don't feel good. <laughs> it does not. <laughs> I'm sure it does not. Uh, but all in all, he should be healthy. In general, you know, I know injuries are what we're going to fo- – folks are going to focus on the most. We didn't get the most enlightening comments from Stoops. That's just how he's going to be. In general, though, this is this needs to be a spot where Kentucky can just, you, you just you just got to get out of this game with a win. You're the better football team. Just get out of here with a win. There's been a lot of wear and tear early on to some big time players. Get out of here with a win. Now, he did provide some other pretty enlightening comments elsewhere. I love that we we get. You know how these press conferences goes, Justin. There, there comes a point in the press conference where you just kind of start by asking about the last game, then you get into injuries, then you move on to asking about the upcoming team so you can get some quotes on the next opponent. So we get our Spencer Rattler comments. We get our, you know, I asked him about the running back who's been playing good form as of late. And really their special teams ha- unit has been playing well. So what could ask him about special teams? It went into... 
he just completely ignored it about South Carolina. He had prepared some questions or a response about UK special teams. He's like, you know, I can't say that they're good because like four of them are good. He's like, our core four are good. Kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return. Like we can take a kickoff for the house at any given moment. But our kicking game, that that's a that's a that's a whole different story. I am because I, I just you know that's why I don't overcoach him in the game. You know you look at it. He hit the he hit the kick good. You know he hit it good. It, yeah. it came a little left. The, it was very gusty down there. I think you guys all felt that when you were out there. It was very gusty and and um, and I thought he hit a good kick. So I don't want to overreact to that. What am I going to tell him? I mean like I mean <laughs> kick the damn ball through the upper. <laughs> I mean you know. I mean, we're only allowed so many coaches, man. You know what I mean? I, it's not like a golf coach person can have, like, an expert. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not allowed to have somebody here just teaching the mechanics of that. I, I, mean. <laughs> I, I just – I love the fact that Stoops it, – it, it's an easy crowd getting laughs out of that, but just kick the damn ball through the upright. I immediately went to <laughs> to Max Duffy. Um who he would tell stories about Stoops trying to give him instructions before he would run out there. And he would just, like, you can see him doing the motions on the sidelines where he's kicking. <laughs> it's just like, okay, Stoops, like, whatever you say, like, we'll, we'll kick it good. <laughs> just kick the damn ball through the upright. Um, Could Stoops and Barnhart be any more opposite, by the way, in terms of their polos? Stoops is no button. No button at all. Mitch is just Mitch needs seventeen. He needs more buttons. <laughs> Have you ever seen they're they're kind of a a European golf shirt style where they go about like halfway down the shirt and they've got like five or six buttons. You ever oh, seen yeah. those? Yeah, that, that's what we need to get Mitch in, right? <laughs> that's what we need Mitch in, like a bowling shirt that buttons all the way up. I love too that you know that that quote got a lot of play. Um, Dan Wolken of all people jumped in, which you you don't hear from Woke Wolken too often anymore. He was like, "When when's a coach finally going to hire somebody to be a kicking coach?" And the thing is, is you know I know fans complain about not having a special teams coach quite a bit, but Louis Matsakis is, and for all intents and purposes, that Stoops has found a loophole by just hiring him as a quality control guy. Um, but if you I do think that if they got – so they expanded – the year that Brad White was hired, so before the 2018 season, they expanded from nine to ten full-time assistant head coaches. I think if you went to 11, you might – like that That feels like the one – like a kicking coach does feel like the position that would address that, right? Now, you would need to give them some sort of – the hard part with that – is that if you're going to add a full-time assistant coach to the ranks, you need to have them as a recruiter as well. So that 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 part of it might be difficult. Maybe you'd put them in charge of like walk-ons, or I I don't know. I don't know what you do right now. They've got a quality control guy who handles their kind of walk-on program. Mark Perry, former Lexington Catholic high school coach. So that that makes sense there. But I just it is uh, there is something to be said. The amount of resources versus the importance of it. 
But like kickers that are at this level are pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. So like I don't the, – the, the kid in Missouri is a perfect example for it. I don't know if you were watching that Georgia game or not, Justin, Saturday night, but he blasted like two 50-yard field goals, and the week before he missed a game-winning 26-yarder. It's a crapshoot. He's a good kicker, and he messed up. And, it, and to Stoops' point, wait, wait, how do you coach free throws? Shoot more free throws. Like, just put it in the damn net. Like, I, you know, like, there's only so many things you can control before it just, it's football. Like, you just have to play, and sometimes players mess up. Um, that's what happened in the, Will Evans' fumble, right? On the third and two. That was a good play call. He got the first down. Ole Miss made a great play. Hit Levis, jarred the ball loose. Good play. Same thing. If y'all don't follow Van Hiles, just Van played for UK in the early '90s. He breaks down the tape. I, I would play the clip, Scoots, but he just is mfing it, and <laughs> which is really funny because it's like a coach in the locker room. But the play, the screen pass that Cavassier smoke dropped. It was it was the most perfect play, and he pauses on Rich Scangarello. They pan to the offensive coordinator. And he is staring at his play sheet, just going, ah! Ah! just screaming into the headset over and over and over because it was the perfect play. Mm-hmm. And as Van said, this isn't getting Madden, right? Like, this ain't bleeping Madden. You can call the most perfect play, and your guys just drop the ball and don't score a touchdown. I mean, they at least have a first down inside the 20, maybe a touchdown. And he just dropped it. So, teams don't have special teams coaches? I was not aware of this. Kentucky technically doesn't have one. Do most teams. Yeah, and what a lot of them will – like Stoops has done a little bit of everything, right? He he did the, well, I got to have one guy in charge of – so typically it would be like you're going to coach safeties and special teams. Mm -hmm. Some will do the – Every different position coach has one special teams that they're in charge of as well. Safeties coach will do kickoff. Corners will do kickoff return. Linebackers will do punt. They kind of divvy it up. What Kentucky does now is they have a quality control coach who cannot coach during games, technically, but he can coach during practice. He just can't. Like There's just like weird rules about what you can and can't do. So he can scheme up all the stuff that they're supposed to run for the week, and then they just run it during the games. Um, but, like, here's the other thing, too, Scoots. Barry on Brown isn't getting coached up that much. Stoops even said, like, one of those returns, it wasn't good blocking. He just was awesome. <laughs> like He can just see the field. He's just, he's just faster. He sees the field. Like, it's just. That first one especially, the one, he didn't score, but he got down to, like, the 30, 25, mm-hmm. whatever it was. The vision the 15, on yeah. that return was just incredible I mean how he got to that right sideline and then he saw the whole left side of the field and was just able to cut back and get back to it was just incredible well and that was um you had somebody ask me like why doesn't he return punts too and it's like well first off there it's two different skill set you get a running head start to see it kind of develop when you're in kickoff return punt return very quick twitch grab and go well he can do that too Yes, but he's not as good as Tavion Robinson is. Yeah. Um, so Tavion already has a 50-yard return on the season, and he's good at making nothing out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I will say there was a couple punts that got down inside the one, and I do think the elements were rough. Stoops in the clip we heard, you know, he talked about it being gusty, and also the sun. Even the broadcast, they were pointing out how big it was coming of a, straight into the glass. Yeah, like it was it was being a problem for them. I think it was a problem on one in particular that Tavion could have caught around like the 18 that ended up bouncing down to the one. So um, you run into that sort of stuff right, at, at times. But uh, I, Charles Walker broke it down for us one time because there's a there's an art in locating the ball, getting a quick look in your periphery vision to see where people are coming from, catching it, and then just reacting at a moment's notice. Barry Young will end up returning punts next year. I'm pretty confident in that. Is um, Tavion going to be gone? Yeah, yeah, I think so. He he has another year because of COVID, but mm-hmm. he's a true four-year player. He can get drafted. I, I think he'll end up going to get drafted. Um, really, really love that that touchdown he had. It was a cool play. Mm-hmm. A little pitch pass. Yeah, um, it was cool. But it was very Patrick Mahomes ish. Yeah, like it was just a, it was a very yeah. good schemed up call yeah. where you think it's going one way and then bam, um, takes a different direction. But Kentucky's offense in general. They do some fun stuff, but they've been inconsistent. Piecing that all right together, like that's, I don't, I don't think we're ever, it, it's ever going to get to our A game. But if you remember last year, Scoots, the offense kind of stunk with Liam Cohen for a while. Mm-hmm. It took that to that LSU game, which was week six. Yeah, week six. Yeah, because they stunk against they stunk against South Carolina. I think Smoke scored the only touchdown of the game. Um, they were really bad against Florida. Cohen was just like trying not to be mad after a win. So like maybe some of it is trying to figure out how to scheme around the inefficiencies of the offensive line. Some of it's not having Chris Rodriguez. But you know what you are now. You know what you've got. Let's figure it out against South Carolina. Uh, the good news is South Carolina's Pass rush is among the worst in the country. They don't produce a lot of tackles for loss, a lot of sacks. They haven't been very healthy. So go get right. So with that being the case and potentially Flax being out, I know wall ball might fill in, but will we see Goodwin? See, and that's the I, – I just – I haven't heard how close he is to being ready. I mean, how long is it going to take? Good grief. Kid was already massive coming into college. Like, yeah, but you, you saw the competition he played, though. That's he, true. He hasn't yeah. played much football. That's, you're, so, you're not wrong. And, and, that, and that's really what this all comes down to. They're, they are not going to redshirt him. He's already burned his redshirt. Um, in fact, I can tell you they've already burned six guys redshirt. Barry and Brown, Deion Walker, Dane Key, Goodwin, Keaton Wade, and Alex Safari. So that means Goodwin's played in four games? He's played in five. He's played in really? every one. Yeah, that, the, I didn't notice him in at Ole Miss. I guess they put him in for field goal block situations. Uh, and he's gotten a couple snaps here and there. But you, m- maybe this is a game where they play him some to test him. But ultimately, like, he just he has to get so many reps. He just he needs it to needs reps, needs reps in practice. I don't know how you get him in games, but yeah, they're they're gonna try to figure him out. The thing is though, is with Flax out, they 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 aren't playing him at right tackle. He's played almost exclusively left. So I don't know, I but they're not going to try to mess him up and get his confidence down before it gets going. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
I mean, to me, though, oh, this may sound really ignorant, but to me, though, right tackle, left tackle would be the same thing, just opposite, right? I mean, you're, you're facing different pressures, but... Yeah, technically. If but you know one side, I, I don't know. Just, I feel like in high school, when you're coming up through the ranks before you get to college, you play all along the line, just wherever you're needed. So I just, I don't know how guys aren't more prepared coming into college well, to play anywhere on the line. So here's the thing, Scoots. They are. They know what they have to do, right? But, like, it's like intern Jacob when he gets on the board. When he, he knew how to work it. But it's not second nature to him. Yeah, okay. So there's a little bit of timing off where sometimes going to break, he's a half second. Like it's just a little, it can be a little clunky there. Well, when you're half second off because you're thinking about which step to take first, then you're letting a guy get by you and Will Levis get sacked. So I think some of it, they want his operations to be second nature. They don't want him to have to think at all, just react, play, react, play. Makes sense. I think that's the case. Um, but. We'll see. Uh, there was a question uh, we got a lot too, and we we continue to get a lot about like, well, why don't they just have a, have guys chip more? If you watch the the last offensive play of the game for UK, Jordan Dingle chipped him so good that David Wallabaugh, like he he lost contact with him, and that guy ran around him <laughs> like he chipped too good. So might be seeing guys staying in the block more. So. I don't know. It's time for Rich Kangarillo. He's got five games under his belt. It's figured out. Mm-hmm. It's figured out against a South Carolina team. It's an inferior foe. You should go out and take care of business Saturday. No, oh, he's going to. He's he got, he watched the 49ers last night. He's pumped. It's going to be an ugly <laughs> game on Saturday for the old old Spencer Rattlers and yeah. the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yep. Let's get to our daily double top of the hour break. We're going to get to the Thornton's text line on the other side of it. Five zero two. 414-1450 is the number. We also going to talk about basketball and a few other things on a terrific Tuesday edition of KRC. I'm Nick Roush. He's Justin Kalen. This is the Big X Sports Radio. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome into hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. The Big X. Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. I'm Nick Roush. He's Justin Kalen, the Scooter Dingus, the Sports Talker, TJ Walker, out today. Should be back with us tomorrow, fingers crossed. But we're manning, holding down the fort without him. Hopefully he'll be able to get outside today. Beautiful weather all week long. Except for this morning. Good grief. What are you talking about? It's in the 30s. Just because it's cold doesn't mean it's not beautiful weather. It's how fall works, Scoots. It's cold in the morning, and then it's 70 in the afternoon. I don't like cold. You're such a baby. Is it going to be 70 today, really? It's it's mid-70s and sunny every day this week. It's absolutely gorgeous. You should have your Shady Rays on with you at all times. Have them ready to rock and roll. Um, Whether you're golfing, maybe you're heading out to opening weekend at Keeneland, or to tailgate on Catterday, 
Got back-to-back 7.30 kicks. Uh, Going to have Mississippi State on the SEC Network special next week as well. Have some Shady Rays. Use promo code BIGX at checkout. The best part about Shady Rays, too, is you basically have a pair for life. Because mm-hmm. if you lose them, you can always get a replacement pair. Just got to pay a small processing fee. They're polarized. They're sharp. And every time you buy a pair, they're donating meals. The worst part is when you don't have them. Oh, it's, it's Like me yesterday, I went to... I don't know where I had to go. I guess I was leaving work, and I went to put them on because the sun was crazy. Didn't have them in my car. So I was freaking out. Got home, put my wallet and my keys down on the table, and there they were sitting right <sighs> on the table. What a mistake. Yeah, no kidding. What a mistake, Scoots. Don't make the same mistake as Scoots. Go to ShadyRays.com. Get you a pair. Get you multiple pair. Use promo code BIGX, 25% off at checkout at ShadyRays.com. Basketball. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Kentucky, they're practicing right now. Not like at this second. I was like, man, that's... Depends on when you're listening to the KRC podcast, which you can get wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever it may be. But practice is underway. We have Big Blue Madness camp out over the weekend. Justin, did you see any pictures from Big Blue Madness camp out? I didn't. No. Is it worth a tweet or tweet search? Yeah. No? Yeah, oh, yeah. Not great, Bob. Not a great turnout. Yeah. They had a, a show Saturday night that the UK Sports Network put out. Ten City Live. Get to see players and women's basketball coaching. Uh, when I tuned in, there were eight people watching. This is not, not great. What is it exactly? It was just a broadcast live from the Big Blue Madness campout. And uh, I know that John Calipari, I, I, so we, I think we had ourselves a correlations versus causation problem. He thought we bring Big Blue Madness camp out back, it gets people excited for basketball. That's how we get back. And it's like, no, that's kind of a, it's more of a byproduct of the excitement of the times. But the times have changed. The magic you had early on, part of the reason why it was so magical was because you were the biggest show in town. They held this camp out. It used to be from Wednesdays to Fridays. You would show up at like an early on a Wednesday morning, maybe even on a Tuesday morning. But it was early. It was during the middle of the week. Camp out for three days. You get your control card Friday morning. What's a control card? That that was your like. Here's your spot in line. Now go get your ticket. Okay. Um, basically, you go get your ticket. This year. They decided to have people run out on a Friday morning, camp out all day, Friday, Saturday, get your stuff Sunday morning. So two nights, but mostly the weekend, which you would think would people probably easier to get off, entice them to come out. But camp out was happening during a huge football game, the biggest road atmosphere, the most road fans that have ever attended a Kentucky football regular season game. Right? Nobody cared about Big Blue Madness camp out, and why should they? <laughs> you know, uh, so I I don't know. I just that feels like an event that was from a different era. Like like Justin, the reason why people used to camp out for it is because they held the event at Memorial Coliseum, and there was only ten thousand people that could get in, so you had to camp out. Where is it now? It's at Rupp Arena. Twenty three thousand people are there, and when tickets go on sale, the people who line up get tickets first. But there's still tickets available if you go online. Now, they sell out quickly because they're free, but you just have to go online to buy them. So where is the camp out? 
around Memorial Coliseum because okay. that's where the ticket office is. So why Cal just should have brought bought a projector and put the football game on the side of Memorial Coliseum? I think they did have some sort of quote unquote watch party, but like I don't know. It's just I, I maybe they're using it to. I I just I don't know if. I just I just don't know if this is if this is the final death blow for it, but it wasn't a good blow. It's just things are changing. People don't really care. And that's some of it's a credit to Mark Stoops, right? Like he no nobody like if I'm talking basketball now, I don't think we're gonna have people clamoring to talk basketball in the Texan about practice updates because it's just we're in the meat and potatoes of football season. We'll get to basketball when we get to basketball. We'll get to see Big Blue Madness here in a couple weeks, October sixteenth. But even then, like it's Sunday, just, or maybe it's the fourteenth. I'd be a Friday. It's probably the fourteenth. Yeah, okay. It's usually a Friday night. Gotcha. Um, so we'll get to see a little bit of it then, and it's fine. But like most people, instead of "Where's my basketball?" we're like, "All right, give me my basketball whenever later. I'm I'm not ready for it yet." That's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. What percentage of UK fans do you think are like that? Like, we'll just wait and... Like, like, I don't need my basketball now. We're right in the meat and potatoes of football. Season. I would think 90%. Really? I think it's that high. I, I I mean, Justin, they had that camp out this weekend. Nobody talked about it on the Thorns Texan. We had the DJ Wagner Louisville news. That normally, in like previous years, the, the fact that he's visiting Kentucky and he's not visiting Louisville, previous years, that's like a whole radio show. I mean, we got a handful of texts. But, like, it's just not... And, and and that's when, when I go on these national shows and you do these hits and whether they're national or they're around the SEC and, you know, you get a bunch of hacks that just want to ask, like, the basketball questions. It's like you are the only ones that are doing that. Like, nobody else around here is really caring that much right now. Just not. And that's fine. That's like the biggest – to go back to the football basketball school thing, that's the biggest, most significant culture change that Mark Stoops has made in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. In October, it's all football all October long. There's no more, okay, wins basketball. Like that, that is just so far gone. It's not even on our radar. Not even a blip on it. He's changed the way that Kentucky fans consume their sports. They aren't clamoring for basketball in October anymore. Just not. And part of it's because like Calipari can't do anything in this calendar year to make people happy. Maybe like <laughs> you, 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 I mean, I, I shouldn't say make people happy, but like ultimately it's about March, right? You can beat Michigan State, you can go to Gonzaga and win, and you're still gonna have people say, Well, St. Peter's still still can lose in the first round. Gotta make a final four. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I want to say it's more than ten percent of people that are looking forward to basketball. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean the the way that the football program has turned it around, it makes it more interesting to want to watch football till the end of the season. And then next thing you know, college basketball's here. Well, see, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's not like they're not they're not excited for the basketball season, but like it's just football season now. You know, they don't have to wish it away to get to basketball. People aren't on pins and needles for that mid-November game against Michigan State. Like, it's going to be fun when it gets here, but I think people are more excited to have back-to-back night kickoffs at Kroger Field in October with beautiful weather. I mean, it is going to be the most beautiful football weather this week. Mm -hmm. Keen on opening weekend. 
It's also uh, for those who care. Oh, all right. Scoots. Look up Sonny Leone. Just Google or type in Twitter, S-O-N-N-Y Leone. He was, he's the jockey on Ritz Strike. We got to talk a little horse racing because this is the big Keeneland weekend. There's a lot of really good races Friday and Saturday. The horses that win those races will be back in a month for Breeders' Cup. Last weekend, when Churchill Downs closed down, they had the Lucas Stakes, and it was a it was a it was a duel between Rich Strike, who won the Derby. He's looking for his first win since the Derby against. Um, Against Hot Rod Charlie, who came in second or third in the Derby a year or two ago. Um, they also had, there was another good horse in there too, Art Collector. Um, these horses were trying to get in the Breeders' Cup. Are you watching the end of Sonny Leone's ride? I am, yeah. So, Sonny Leone says he fell out of his saddle, and that's why the horse swerved a little bit. Scoots, does it look like Sonny Leone is falling out of his saddle down the stretch? A little bit, yeah. I mean, he's, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's hard, hard to say. Come on, Mike. It's hard to say because they don't really sit in the saddle, you know? I mean, they're like standing up the whole time. Yeah, and he's just like elbowing the hot rod Charlie Jockey the whole way down the stretch. He does it to a couple of horses, too. Yeah. Like, I, that's not the only one he hits. And uh, Sonny is Venezuelan. He, he, if you know his background at all, like part of the reason why that story with Rich Strike was so remarkable is because he was racing at these really crappy tracks, right? And he races very aggressively. That gets pointed out a little bit more when you're down the stretch at Churchill Downs trying to win a graded stakes race. He's just elbowing him all to hell. He elbows him at least eight times. <laughs> it's great. And if Nine. You, you, you got to look it up. Um, the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, they suspended him for 15 days uh, for the ride, for the aggressive is ride. That, now, is that just 15 calendar days or 15 race days? It's 15 race days. Okay. Which, but like, it's basically calendar day. So uh, I think Gulfstream starts in October. He'll start serving like this weekend. He'll serve that uh, suspension over the starting then. Um, But it's just, it's, it's just, it amuses me. I I love it personally because it's like, that's old school, right? Like, that's like stuff that would happen in the 70s and you could get away with it. But like, this dude is who he is. Like, that's what you expect from Sonny Leone. I love how hard he tries. But, the the only problem I have with it is he was he was tr- worried so much about hitting the other guy that I think it might have slowed down Rich Strike and let Hot Rod Charlie catch some steam and beat him by a nose at the wire. Okay, so yeah, he did get second. Yeah, because it was it was a great rate. Like ultimately, I think Rich Strike is like an allowance kind of horse that maybe runs some starter uh, stakes or whatever whatever they call those. Um, some lower tier ones. It's probably a horses for courses situation where he'll just run at Churchill Downs until he's five. He'll win a couple of those hundred thousand dollar races. Maybe he wins a two hundred fifty thousand dollar stakes because he ran a good race. He, he he ran a decent Travers as well. He needs things to go his way to come from behind. Um, and yeah, Art Collector set a good pace. Hot Rod Charlie was there. He came back and took the lead with the sixteen to go. Um, and Sonny was banging and. <laughs> Banging him up all down the stretch. Just you, you all will. I know uh, some of you just turn off your radios when I get into horse racing talk, but that's funny. Go, go watch the replay. I think even Scoots is amused by it's, it. It's, it's just one of those things that I don't understand cheating if you don't win. You know, like what, 
why? It's like Sammy Sosa corking his bat, but he still didn't win the home run crown. Like, what? What are you doing? Gotta get, try if you're to get gonna every che- advantage. If you're gonna cheat, at least do it well enough where you can win. Yeah, and I get to maybe like leaning on somebody if you're in a crowd, right? Like maybe you're sandwiched in between a couple guys, or it's four wide or something. It was a two horse race, and he's just like running his horse into him. Dude, just go straight, and you won't be losing as much ground. Right. It was uh, uh, something to watch, something to behold. So maybe go check that out if you're listening at home. We need to get to the Thornton's text on, but I actually do need to mention one other story that uh, it's a very serious story. Uh, Actually, two of them that that came up uh, in women's sports yesterday. One locally that's a big Mm -hmm. deal that we'll spend Mm -hmm. more time on. But I also wanted to mention another one that is just, it's outlandish. I've said this before because, you know, married to a college, former college athlete. No big deal. My sisters are former college athletes. No big deal. College coaches in women's athletics get away with a lot more because they don't have the spotlight on them. There's not as much attention on them. Um, There's not as much public pressure from fans and media to call out when people are being idiots. University of Texas Permian Basin. I'm sure you didn't know that that school existed. I did not know that school existed until yesterday when their women's soccer coach, Carla Tejas, was put on administrative leave for a wide variety of just ridiculous. Like the fact that this person was hired to like coach young people and be around young people is wild. They were arrested. This person was arrested for a DWI September 11th. Asked her players. To help pay for her bail, and some did. What? Yeah. This coach was making out with men's soccer players in public, buying booze for minors, asking for players for rides home when she was drunk because her license is suspended. At one time, she was ejected from a game, then returned in disguise and coached from a walkie-talkie. She also recruited somebody from Uruguay to come to the team, they've played every minute of every game this season. They've not attended a class or been assigned to a dorm. <laughs> she's trying to relive the glory. Oh, here. she's encouraging fouling and injuring other teams. She's uh, enforcing a strict diet. It's it's wild that this person uh, can get away with some of the stuff they did. So if you want to look up the accu- the accusations, they're ridiculous. The fact that like this person's brain operates this way. It's Carla Tejas for the UTPB, University of Texas Permian Basin Women's Soccer Club. And we have another story closer to home. The Racing Louisville Women's Soccer Club, their former coach, Christy Holly, is a sexual predator Gross. who's been preying on players in the NWSL ever since he got into the league. Uh, Racing Louisville... It, there was a big 130-page report, I want to say, uh, made by former U.S. Attorney General Sally Yates, and half of it is about the former coach, Christy Holly, who was fired as soon as Racing Louisville found out of the sexual misconduct. Uh, if you want to read all of the details of him, he was preying on one player, uh, Simon, uh, Aaron Simon, I believe is her name, uh, not Carly Simon, Carly Simon, singer, pop star, Aaron Simon, really good at soccer, actually is playing for Leicester City now in the English Premier League. Um, but 
the Eric Crawford does a good job of kind of forming a narrative without all this, and it's such predatorial stuff. Like it's gross, sending awful pictures, to groping. Like the big headline one was like, "We're gonna watch film, and every time you mess up a pass, I'm gonna grope you." Like what? It, insanity! Insanity that this kind of person can somehow get away with being employed, and part of the reason that he made it this long is because when he was fired at his previous stop, the the ownership there was still willing to like give their stamp of approval to go coach this new team. Like he still somehow was able to get a letter of rec, even though there were whispers about his reputation because he dated a player at the time, which I think is kosher, but not like that. It was ugly. It was foul. Thankfully, they got rid of him as soon as they caught wind of it. But the investigation found that they could have vetted their sources. Maybe asked a player, like, hey, why why did people hate him so much? Mm-hmm. Turns out because he's a sexual predator. Yeah, and everything was so hush-hush in this. you got to tip your cap to Aaron Simon, who was willing to put her name on it. I know that I'm sure it was traumatic, not only to experience it, but then to have to Put your name out there relive like that, it. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had to relive it, go through all of this. But hopefully, her courageous efforts are stopping other predators from getting away with this stuff down the line. Because it's just, I mean, it, it, and that's why I encourage you to get the, instead of just reading the quick news story on like ESPN. Eric Crawford really lays it out. I mean, it's just a pattern that developed over the years, and it is sick. Absolutely sickening. Shout out to you, Aaron Simon. I, I, it's awful that you had to endure that, but thank you for persevering because that's incredible. Like that, that takes a lot of strength, a lot of courage. Um, man, can't imagine going through that with your head coach. No, that's All, that's supposed to be a person you trust. And and he helped give her a break, so she felt like she owed something to him, yeah. which is, I mean, and that's classic predatory behavior. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, she still has her soccer career. That dude's never going to coach a sport ever again. And he should be, uh, I mean, I feel like he should be criminally charged, too. Yeah. Like, that's, put him on the sexual offender registry. That's awful. I agree. Get him the hell out of here. We're going to take a break. We're going to get back. Read your text on the Thorns text on 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I'm an early bird and I'm a night owl, so I'm wise and I have worms. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. We're rolling, we're calling. On a Tuesday edition of the show, I'm Nick Roush. He's Justin Kalen. TJ Walker out today. Hopefully, we'll have him back. The Sumer. We also have you on the show. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at you. 
you can get into it on the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the number. One texter says, I was at the game, but after reviewing on TV, Nick, you are right that that was a design run for a lot of us. However, I stand by the thought that you run Rodriguez in that situation. Bad call by the staff. Giving the ball to Chris Rodriguez in a yard-to-gain situation, never a bad idea. But also think maybe it's not something you do every time. Well, especially as how many hits he's taken. I don't I don't know that you want him running all that often. With Levis, yeah. yeah. Although it is so Will Levis, he had a run of ten plus yards in nine of thirteen games last year. He had a twenty four yard against Youngstown State and he hasn't run past ten yards any other time since. Wow. So that has just gone away from his game, and I think a lot of it's in part to how teams are playing UK now because they're just blitzing the bejesus out of them. But, like, Levis is a competent runner, and he had that first down. The guy just made a great play. So, uh, you know. I'm, I'm not going to get too hung up on it, but, I mean, to your point, though, I'm never going to be ma- – mad at the coaching staff for giving Chris Rodriguez the ball in the short yard situation. Now, with that being said, our brains have been reprogrammed by Benny Snell and Chris Rodriguez in the last five, six years. Because previously, uh, people would moan and groan, oh, run up the middle on third and short. Who could have seen that one coming? Well, after watching it work for a while, now we're like, you've got to give it to him on third and fourth and short. When in reality, like it's worked. But, like, Kentucky lost the Georgia game because they kept doing that in 2016. Kentucky had Georgia on the ropes. It was either 16 or 17. I think it was 17 was the home game. No, it was 16. They had Georgia on the ropes. They're milking away the game. They're going to go down, score a game-winning touchdown drive. Benny Snell gets chopped on third and short. They kick a field goal to tie the game instead of taking a lead. Rodrigo Blankenship makes a field goal as time expires. You lose to Kirby Smart in Georgia. And they've been a wagon ever since. Like that, I know our, our, our brains are, are programmed differently, but it doesn't have to always be that way. You can have a, you can have a little bit of both. Hot Rod, not even Hot Rod's already out? Colts dropped him? Colts dropped him. I think he had a bad week one or two, and yeah, he said, you're out of here. He'll get picked up somewhere else, though. I would think. He's good. Well, and once you get into, the hardest part is getting in, and then like – they pass around kickers quite often. Mm-hmm. So, I really hope the Cats can make a New Year's Six Bowl this year. It would be big for the resume. And here's the thing. What, what resume? Well, just, you know, to add Kentucky to. Kentucky resume? Stoops, Stoops is, resume? Yeah, to add to his accolades, right? New Year's Six is a big, uh, it's a big milestone. It's a big door to knock down. And naturally, all of the bowl projections this week knocked them down from, like they just flipped Ole Miss and Kentucky. So, it was Ole Miss in the Roll Eye Quest Bowl the artist formerly known as the Outback Bowl in Tampa. So they flipped that from Ole Miss there to Kentucky there, and now Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. But I have a feeling, Scoots, this who's the second best team in the West? Who's the second best team in the East? Like all those teams are not very different. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be kind of a war of attrition between the Egg Bowl, between the Ole Misses. Like, you know, their schedule is pretty light. Um, 
but they're going to take some losses here and there. Um, they're going to – I'm hopeful Tennessee takes some losses. would be great if they lost to LSU this weekend. But, yeah, they're, they're, there's going to be some beating up on each other for that second spot. You've already seen Arkansas take some of those. Well, who knows? They might be the second-best team in that Western division. We need LSU to call up the Miracle Hotline. Did you watch that yesterday? I did not. What's oh, you got to watch it. Go, it's on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page. Shannon O'Bannon posted it. It's like a SEC short from this past week. Like all these coaches calling up, <laughs> or all these fans calling up to ask the Miracle Hotline to help their team win. It's it was really hilarious. Nice. Right, I'll, I'll have to check it yeah, out. Check I have it to out. check it out. But hey, who knows? LSU Tiger Stadium at night. You never know. You never know. Another texture on the Thornton's text line says, I don't know, it just feels a little convenient to pin all the offensive line issues on Wolford. Missing on a tackle in the portal was a huge problem. Yes, it was a big problem, but I'd also like to add, uh, do you all remember any of the players that were in the transfer portal that Kentucky was reportedly looking at? It was the guy from Western Kentucky. Some other dude from a northeastern school, maybe Rutgers. Tyler Steen's been average at Alabama, but like for the most part, none of those guys are playing. There just wasn't any good guys in the transfer portal to fortify that offensive line. And you didn't expect Eric Rosenthal to just go and leave and not play anywhere. He's not playing football now. He might be on a practice squad, but he's – that that really boned him. Mm-hmm. That really did. Because elsewhere, I mean, if you still have um, if you still have Dare, um, I mean, he 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 went to the Falcons. I don't know if he's still hanging around. Surely he is on the Falcons. On their practice squad, maybe they're awful. Um, but like if you still have Dare, you can play horsey at guard. Jagger doesn't have to take all the snaps there. You can rotate guys a little bit more regularly. Still got flags at right tackle. But yeah, it Dare leaving early put him in a put him in a tough spot. Put him in a really tough spot. So it's there's a, there's a lot of people to blame. There's not one simple solution. You you're right about that texture. But Wolford does got to shoulder some of that, a significant amount of that. Texture says Levis good. NFL comp is Josh Allen. Levis bad. Comp is Carson Wentz. Some of the reaction to his game by UK fans and national media was very funny, uh, but to be expected. You'd think no other first-round quarterback has ever turned the ball over. (laughs) True. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't care if you're talking about Josh Allen or Carson Wentz. Both of them are in the NFL still, so. Yeah, and right now, uh, Levis is second in the SEC in quarterback rating. Um, he is averaging 10 yards per attempt, uh, passing, which is seventh in the country. Like he's doing good things. And he's also completing 68.8% of his passes, which I would go and say it's probably the best of the Stoops era. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's, he's been good. The people who are just like, Will Levis is just not good at football. It's like, you just have an axe to grind. Well, and it's, he's completing 68% of passes by taking a lot of deep shots, too. It's not like it's just Deacon and Duncan the whole time. Yeah, I mean, that, he's, and that's he's reflected on the yards per attempt stat, too. Yeah, true. Like, so it, um, 
people who are really mad, they're just overreacting. And they love to, especially people who are really big college football people, they love to hate on NFL draft prospects. There's like a war between NFL draft people and college people. Like they just, they love production. But like Hendon Hooker's going, like Hendon Hooker's going to have crazy production, but it's because he's in a gimmicky offense. And so like NFL scouts, they're, I mean, teams aren't going to be quick to jump on that guy. I don't know. He's getting a lot of love lately. Yeah, but he's still – he might just jump in the first round just because they'll take, you know, people take flyers on quarterbacks. But he's able to do what he's able to do because of the offense he's in. When you look at – Justin Rowland tweeted out the stat. On drop-back passes, him and Levis have the same drop-back percentage 46% of the time. I think Hooker has one touchdown, zero interceptions, and Levis is like six touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Levis is doing better. Like, if you look at the stats, like Levis is doing better. You're just hating because you want to hate on Will Levis because he didn't have – he snapped the ball too quick at the end and then got strip-sacked the next play. The narrative on him is much different if he leads that come-from-behind drive and Kentucky oh, wins yeah. that game. Absolutely. It's much different. Much different. Another texture on the Thorns text line, 502 502- 414-1450. Our coaching staff needs to be more aware of these close calls and get on the refs about reviews, especially in road games. The targeting call on Levis in the last fumble both should have been looked at. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know what, like, the replay officials in the booth, what are they going to do? On Knock a, on the replay officials' door? A coach can't challenge a target, though, right? I mean, they can't, can't challenge anything. No. I mean, I guess they can challenge a thing here and there, but you can't challenge targeting. Mm-hmm. And targeting, and that was... Stoops did a good job yesterday of calling it out without, like, just blaming the refs. Has the SEC said anything about it? SEC never says anything about anything when it comes to calls. They only will if it's the most blatant thing ever. But to his point, he was like, on a national level, we need to know what is targeting. He's like, we won't teach that to put your crown down on on your helmet because it's not safe for the tackler. It's not it's not safe for them, let alone the other player. He's like, I thought we were moving in the right direction of player safety, but I don't know anymore because on the national level, just you, you don't know what it is. And I'm with him. What's Damn. targeting? Make it clear everywhere. Make it universal because right now it's not. It's not clear whatsoever. Whether there's intent there or not, if there's a helmet-to-helmet contact, it should be called targeting. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, Scoots. All you have to do is just make it like intentional fouls. Targeting one, targeting two. A targeting one, helmet-to-helmet contact with the crown of the helmet, like 15-yard penalty, automatic first down, player gets to stay in the game. Targeting two, you're out. But we're still at one now, right? They have one, they're out. They just they just have tar- one targeting that's a yeah. blanket targeting. I, I, that's so stupid. Now, I, they have changed where the player can stay on the sideline now. Doesn't have yeah, to go back yeah. to the locker room. Doesn't have to awesome. do a walk of shame. Yeah. Which but make good. it, yeah, I'm with you. Make it two targeting. Makes sense. In that way, even if there is like, I don't, you know, some, because like, sometimes bang, bang plays happen, a guy lowers his head, but you still don't just remove him from the game for it. And then if it happens in the second half, suspend him for the first half of the next game. Yeah. I mean, football's a quick game. Yeah. Sometimes you have to make split second decisions. Yeah. Sometimes and sometimes you make a bad decision. They're college kids. But you gotta figure this rule out because it's 
Nobody knows what it is. Nobody knows what it is. A texter on the Thornton's text line, they bring up the point I, I just made that Levis was so dangerous with his legs last year. We've seen none of that this year. Probably a combo of scheme and offensive line issues, but it's something we need to find again, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is you don't want to make him a significant part of the running game because you want to protect him. But and then the other part of it too is like at least maybe last year it felt like when pass protection broke down, it was like one guy and you could kind of escape. Or now it's just feels like it's swallowing him up inside. And what you can do though, texture and what I would like to see a lot of, a lot more of this week is move him out of the pocket. Right, like change the launch point, roll him out some boots, rollouts. The bootlegs were a disaster pretty quickly this year, but he doesn't have to be a naked boot. I think you're going to see the tight ends help much more in pass protection. There are, there are ways to try to let him use his legs to be more of a weapon because right now he's he's receiving the hits instead of delivering them. I think Levis excels when he's delivering hits, but when he's receiving them, it's just it, you get the sense that it's really starting to wear on him. Because then when he's even delivering them, he's getting lit up and he, he fumbled the football. Who's the best blocking tight end? Well, the true freshman Josh Caddis has played a lot because of that. Like, I think Brendan Bates, you would argue, probably is as well. He's been pretty good this year catching mm-hmm. the ball, too. He has, yeah. I like Bates. So I got a chat with as well. Another texture on the Thornton's text line says, file this under the same category as, quote-unquote, teams always shoot well from three and rut, but it feels like kickers are 100% on 40-yard field goals against us. Well, except for down at Florida back in 2018, whenever it looked like it went in, they said it wasn't good, and Florida fans wanted to riot. I mean, it's like Stoop said. That's that's their job, just kick it through the uprights. You, you should be 100% from 40 yards if you're a college kicker. It is funny that uh, – Ruffalo's only two missed field goals are from like 39 this year. Mm-hmm. He's made his 40 plus yarders, missed his other ones. And, you know, Stoops, uh, he, he said he was, if push came to shove, right? Like, let's say that strip sack doesn't happen, UK gets stopped on fourth down, and it's go for it from five yards out or kick a field goal. Like, he was comfortable tying the game and going overtime with Ruffalo. So, hadn't lost faith in him. Another texture on the Thorns text on says, is Jacquez Jones out for the year or starting Saturday? It's hard to say. <laughs> appreciate your sense of humor. Also appreciate the donuts at Thorns. Mm. If you haven't had one lately, they're great. I, I kind of want to try their, their pumpkin one, Scoots. No, not me. You're not a pumpkin not guy? Not a pumpkin guy. Are you a pumpkin pie guy? No. Oh, so you're all the way out. Yeah, right? I, I'm just not a pumpkin guy. I don't know. When TJ said undoubtedly pumpkin pie is the best pie, I, just, I wanted to you chime cringe. in, but just let him have his moment. <laughs> See, and I like pumpkin pie. I'm generally out on, like, you know, people love their pumpkin-flavored everythings this time of year. And, like, I had a pumpkin Kit Kat the other day. It wasn't, wasn't great. Like, just give me – although the white chocolate Kit Kats, those are – if you've never had one of those, that's a fun little change-up. Um but family friend, they had, you know, they've got their Halloween candy in a bowl already, so it, we're just snacking on it. If I'm in the right mindset, I could do a pumpkin beer. 
but that's more so because yeah. I know it's beer. And it's tasty. You doing one, it's fine. And I'm not that especially um big on trying like all the different coffees and stuff because it's just it's really sweet. Um but I do like, like pumpkin pie, the OG. Like I'm good for two slices on Thanksgiving. Like yeah, that that's the good stuff. Oh, damn it, my stomach growled. That's what and that's what I get. That's what I get. Maybe you can get pumpkin pie at Thornton's. Maybe. Oh man, I've got a sneeze scoots. Can you read a text? Absolutely. Next text on the text line. Jeez, old Pete. I'm a loud sneezer. I can't help it. I'm no. I was more so for my mic is out of control today. <laughs> uh, next texter says it seems like everyone is overlooking this Mississippi State game. There's a good chance it's a top 25 matchup, and Will Rogers played our defense like a fiddle last year. Wouldn't be surprised if that game is close to a pick'em. Um, I mean, I can calculate it if you want me to. I mean, game's at Kentucky, so Kentucky's going to be at least three. It'd be like four and a half. Yeah, Mississippi State's 23 right now. I'm not sure who they – they play um, Arkansas this week. They, if they win that game, they're top 20 team without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, although Arkansas fell out of the polls, people still think highly of Arkansas. I don't think anybody's looking over overlooking Mississippi State texture. I don't, I don't get that sentiment. If anything, we're overlooking South Carolina because it has been such a given to yeah. beat them. Yeah. But I, I don't get the sense that anybody's overlooking Mississippi State. I mean, they're may, a good football team. Maybe a few people just because you've got that Tennessee game right behind it. Just Man, gotta, that Tennessee buy though. The Tennessee between. game's been a hot topic all year. Yeah, yeah, true enough, true enough. But I, I don't, I don't get the sense that people are really overlooking that game. Um, and man, you know what I really worry about that game too, Suits is. Mississippi State's defense is big. They they run that three three five where it's a lot of deception and blitzing from a lot of different angles. They're gonna blitz the bejesus out of Kentucky. The ever loving they're gonna blitz the ever loving snot out of them. Um basically right now, SP plus it's a pick 'em without home field advantage. So UK would be like minus two with home field advantage, is what the line's looking at a week out. Probably going to end up being open at like UK minus three yeah. if they if they beat South Carolina handily and it's like a close win for Mississippi State between Arkansas. I think it'll be three either way. That's a big game. That's a big game though. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. You just got to hope that the home team keeps holding serve. <laughs> Uh, Texture says, absolutely hilarious take by Roush's former boss saying it's Cal's fault for Ole Miss posting the basketball school shot on Twitter. Maybe if you didn't show the world that it bothered you as much as a program, then they wouldn't crack more jokes when they beat you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't. Also, that was just a bad, like that wasn't even very funny. They could have done so many more funny things to do the basketball school thing. And all they did was... Not only did they tweet at the wrong account, they used a Shutterstock photo and said, like, how does this make you feel? Like, if, if anything, you just say, um, you tweet out football school at Ole Miss, like from Ole Miss, right? Or say, uh, basketball school, question mark? Like, I don't know. They just, they tried to burn, and I think they it was a big whiff. <laughs> I thought it was a big whiff. Not very good trolling. From the Ole Miss social media department. <laughs> Another person chimes in on the Thorns text line. Do I do I do I or 
Do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Uncle Jeff and probably J.J. Watt. <laughs> Another text says, Cohen is garbage. Have you been watching the Rams? That's true. Yeah. Nine I, freaking points. I had a friend text me and say, maybe we can get Liam back. How many? I need to look up how many catches Cooper Cup ended up. When, before I went to bed, he had like 12 catches. He has forty over 40 catches through his first four games this season. That's unbelievable. I uh, I do think though Matt Stafford that that elbow injury he he needed that Super Bowl last year because that window whew, fourteen catches last night good for him jeez op good for Cup another texture on the Thorns text line says Roush your story contra- about the camp out contradicts Strebels he stated it was a madhouse largest crowd ever wow that feels like a sarcastic uh, tweet in the Thorns text line. <laughs> I love to. We're about to get a lot of um, horse racing talk Z's from horse racing to soccer Z's. It's like you texted him more about horse racing than you did anything else. It's the same guy. And I actually went back and looked through all his text. He sent the horse racing talk multiple times. He sent golf talk Z before. Big Z guy. So he just really hates when you don't talk (laughs) Kentucky football or Kentucky basketball. Anything else, forget about it. No other sports exist except for Kentucky football and basketball. Oh, kidding me. Nick, are you headed to Breeders' Cup? I'll be out there Friday, Saturday. It'll be too crowded. I'd love to text her, but with um, I've got a wedding that's Saturday. Might be I've having got a, a newborn. Baby. Yeah, it's just it's too much. And the thing about horse racing, too, is it is much more fun to be there amongst the people. It also is a very easy sport to wager at like you you can bet on it from home right like you don't you don't have to be there to get that rush so future stars friday man you can make a ton of money if you if you pick them right well tell me tell me tell me where to go (laughs) tell me what to pick another text says can we not be excited for the remainder of football and the start of basketball season two you can but it's i think roush was saying more so that people aren't even thinking about basketball at this point because football is Dead in the middle of the season, and yeah. it's been a successful season. We're, but yeah, you can you can be excited for both, absolutely. All right, but like, uh, what are you going to say like about the basketball season right now? If I'm asking you about Kentucky basketball, you're not saying anything that you weren't saying a month ago, yeah. or that you're not going to be saying a month from now. Mm-hmm. It's it's the status quo until the games start being played. So like, let's just let's uh, let's enjoy the hell out of football until the basketball games start getting played, and, and be grateful that you have football to be. To tide you over because me as an Indiana fan, I've been thinking about basketball nonstop for about a month now, and I don't I don't have anything to tide me over until basketball season because football's garbage. Hey, you still got a winning record, right, Suits? Uh, for now, that's, hey, that's going to last one more week. Better than Louisville's record, though. That's true. Could be, could be worse. Could be a Louisville fan. Could be a Louisville fan. <laughs> uh, John here. Good morning, everyone. Hey, I can't wait to see the finished schedule Cal is talking about. Oh, yeah, that's coming out today. Nice. I mean, and honestly, that's been uh, – we haven't talked about it on here. Stupidest uh, – it's it's pissed me off how no. much we've had to wait for this stupid We've talked schedule. about it for sure. I mean, we mentioned it, but, like, it, it's just the dumbest. Thankfully, it's finally here. Tell me, guys, have you had a brain sandwich before? Just asking because the fall festival is going on where I live in Evansville, and they have that plus some other crazy good food. A brain sandwich? Yikes. Count me out. 
Have you ever been to the Evansville Fall Festival? No, not not been to the Evansville Fall Festival. I've been to many a fall festival, not in Evansville. Uh, is this like um like a thing where you say it's brains, but it's like gummy worms, or are you like actually talking about like fried cow brain or something? I'm not eating. Any more details, John? John, just do a review on it on your Facebook or on your YouTube page. I'm usually good for eating obscure foods, but like most of the bug stuff, it's like very small. Like you just try a couple bites. Like it's not a like a whole sandwich. I don't want to buy a whole sandwich and be like, "This is brains. Why do I want to eat a whole brain sandwich?" I don't want to get full on brains today. <laughs> so I need I need more details on the Thornton's text line, John. I think the reason why Levis is getting picked at is because of the hype preseason, the miscues, and something else that he is making a ton of money. That factors into it. Like it or not, it does. And these guys are getting paid. So more money equals more scrutiny. I don't think that's it. Like I, That's a fair point. Though. I mean, it is it is a fair point, but I think a lot of it is like people just like hating on a Kentucky player getting hype. The scrutiny from the fan base is fine. It's it's the people from outside the fan base that annoy me, right? That that those are the ones who get on my nerves, Justin, mm-hmm. who like love to crap on Kentucky football all the time. Now that Kentucky has a good player, they're even more anxious to crap on Kentucky football. Like Bud Elliott, huge idiot. Like the guy knows his football, but he has a blind spot to Kentucky. And like with the quotes he had about Levis on Saturday, like they were disgustingly inept. Like, he sounds like such a moron, and it makes me so mad, but I've already fought with all of those CBS guys that I don't feel like starting a war with them. So, smart. No, it's aggravating. Expect this whole offensive line mess to be here in 2023. I've seen very little offensive line rotation this year with a young, inexperienced lineman. Well, but they're all coming back. I'm pretty sure every player that's on this offensive line can come back next year except for Tayshaun Manning. Horsey could if he wanted to. I don't know if he will or not. He might just want to play guard. But If Goodwin, if you play your cards right with Goodwin and he can be a starting left tackle for you next year, then, you know, they can, they can fix he all He should be a starting left tackle. He should be. That's what you're banking on. So you can't you He's can't a five-star, right? Yeah. I think Levis is more beat up than we know already, and that's why he's not running as effectively or as often. Remember, he's out for an ankle issue in camp, and the broadcast mentioned an injured ankle he's got still on the broadcast, and that could play a part in it too. We 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 don't know. We don't know. No basketball should even start until Christmas Day. College probably in January. Give me May madness. Hey, I'd be okay with I that. I would I would totally be up for that too. I would. Be I mean, because so after good. after the championship in college basketball, yeah, it's, it's pretty a, well it's nothing. Pretty, pretty boring on the sports. Game. As much as I would hate to wait until January, that yeah, that, mm-hmm. I think I'd like that. The Shutterstock photo is a shout out to an old classic tweet. R.I.P. Tom Bro, dude. Okay, yeah, that I don't get. <laughs> that I don't get. Another person says, I'm finally out of my post-loss depression and can finally have rational takes. Oh, love when it takes like a good 48 hours to <laughs> to like be able to have a good sound thought. Although, although that was one of the most painful losses I've ever watched, I've come out of the other side with some positivity. As many mistakes as were made, we still almost won that game. It's a loss that doesn't affect our East record, and C-Rod looks better than ever. Let's get back in the saddle this Saturday and start a win streak that will steamroll our way to Atlanta, boys. Love it. Love it. Uh, Tom Bro, dude, it was an old tweet. It just at, was at LeBron James. It said, you see, you like what you see? 
that it's a basketball. I don't know why that was viral at any moment, but it's from 2015 too. Yeah. Like what? I like that text though, Texer. That's a good, upbeat way to approach it. This team, we've we have we we know what the offense is capable of. Now it's a part of just becoming more efficient. They've made as many mistakes as they possibly can. They're still a top 15 team who lost to another good football team on the road when they had a chance to win. Clean it up, win these 50-50 games, and take care of business this Saturday at South Carolina. We're going to talk about that game some more. We're going to have a Kentucky basketball schedule to break down on Wednesday's show. Should have TJ Walker, the sports talker, back in action on Kentucky Roll Call. But Justin, pretty good show. Yeah. A lot of fun. Pretty good show if I do say so for myself. So, for Justin Kalen, I'm Nick Roush. This has been Kentucky Roll Call on the Big X. Sports Radio. Temperature, cause to me she's zero degrees She called her freeze. I got that girl from overseas Now she's my Miss America And I cannot be her soldier, please I'm fighting for this girl on the battlefield of love Don't it look like baby Cupid Sending arrows from above Don't you ever leave the side of me Indefinitely, not privately And honestly, I'm down like the